Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. 2009 first year player draft. The Minnesota Twins select Kyle Gibson. First round of the 2010 first year player draft. The Minnesota Twins select Alex Wimmers of the 2011 first-year player draft, the Minnesota Twins select Levi Michael, a shortstop from UNC Chapel Hill, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Who's pumped for the draft? You guys pumped for the draft tonight? Juiced, Major League juiced. Baseball oh, draft five tonight. Five rounds of just glor- all these names. Fire household. It up. Fire it up. We're gonna t- we're gonna we're gonna dive into. Usually we do cliche Mount Rushmores on Thursdays, but uh, it's it's too good of a subject to pass up on cliche Mount Rushmore off the top here and to write that down Wednesday. But let's talk about Federated Insurance for a second here. Federated wants to express their gratitude for local business owners here in the state of Minnesota as restrictions start to be lifted here. Uh, restaurants are going to have the, the the chains loosened a little bit more here and other businesses. You are our community partners. You are our neighbors. You are our families and our friends. You business owners out there mean a ton to the state of Minnesota. And Federated is here to help you through these changing periods here during this pandemic stretch. You can go to federatedinsurance.com or call your local marketing representative to access trusted resources you may need. We're talking about everything from recommended response plans and written pandemic policies as they change, procedures change. I know our building has procedures that have been changing over the past few weeks. Communications to employees, all these things are critical as a business owner. Tap into over 100 years of experience with Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Join more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. The second selection of the 2012 first-year player draft, the Minnesota Twins select Byron Buxton, an outfielder from Appling County High School, Baxley, Georgia. The fourth selection of the 2013 first-year player draft, the Minnesota Twins select Cole Stewart, a right-handed pitcher from St. Pius X High School in Houston, Texas. Mount Rushmore is easy. It's the cliche Mount Rushmore Sports Talker of the Week with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. That is why I would put him on the Mount Rushmore. Those would be my four. We should censor Rami's name on the. We should keep the intros, Beep. but just just censor just Rami's name. Bleep him out. I'll do like that for his, all the intros. Other than write that down until he wins the batting title. Yeah, well, and I, well, there's an update on that too. I missed. Oh. I missed one of his predictions from oh, last week. Oh boy, so we'll get to that as well. Uh, but gentlemen, it's it's a Mount Rushmore Wednesday here on the show. Cliche Mount Rushmore talker of the week. 
Let's start with with the Major League Baseball draft taking place tonight. I'm assuming it's on MLB Network. Yeah, I would assume ESPN I might so. might ha- have it too as part of its agreement. Now that there is nothing, to oh, show. ESPN I feel like is too busy with Bundesliga now. They were showing some type of of German league. I don't think it was Bundesliga minor league yesterday. I got German minor league I got, soccer. I got home and it was a, a smaller stadium and the camera angles were funky. Bundes I, I, don't think, I don't think it was, was the it, Bundesliga. Was it Dan Tierhart and Jonathan Harrison on the call? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, listen, man. EPL next Wednesday. I saw John Bob over the weekend. Ran nice. into John Bob over the weekend. Where? Where? Uh, yeah. Well, he doesn't so, live. He lives in like Oregon. <laughs> I had to give him. I had to give his headphones back. He he left two pairs of oh, headphones. Oh wait, hold on, on a May second. 1st. Wait, 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 wait. You just said ran into him. You didn't run into well, him. Well, I scheduled. You I plan, purposely, I plan, yeah, I okay. Into you him. didn't run into I him. I was then. hoping Jonathan like stumbled his way into a St. Louis Parkery diner or something, and I was ready for another <laughs> great story right there. Well, the best part is, I say, hey, pick a spot. Let's meet in the middle because he lives way south, right? <laughs> yeah, Iowa. His meet in the mi- his meet in the middle is like Lakeville. <laughs> oh, that's BS, man. That's not the middle for him. Take that's a, closer. Take a helicopter to go meet him. So, all right, cliche Mount Rushmore talker number one. The Mount Rushmore of the best Twins first-round draft picks in team history. You can find a full list at either Wikipedia or Baseball Reference. Yeah, I've got the Wikipedia one called up right now. So let's let's throw out some candidates here. And I think um, really anything from 2013 on forward, none of those guys. Cole Stewart has pitched in the major leagues a little bit, but the other guys have really not even emerged yet. Like Royce Lewis has not. Alex Kirloff. right. So we're looking for we're looking for the Mount Rushmore, uh, and the Twins have had, as we'll get into with our second cliche, Mount Rushmore have had a rough stretch at times of first rounders. It's not a guarantee, like in the NBA, if you're drafting number one overall, number two overall, unless you're the Timberwolves I was gonna say, drafting be, be uh, Derek Williams, like you're <laughs> very careful. You're at least going to get a rotational guy. There's half a chance in baseball, if not seventy five percent chance, that your first round picks are not ever going to play in the major leagues, which is amazing. So Joe Maurer obviously has to be on this list, right? Yes. We went over uh, we went over him yesterday in Minnesota Sports Rewind. Joe Joe is the George Washington, as you like to say, of this list. I'm going to just throw some names out, and and this is just like just to get a pool of potential candidates here. Okay, mm-hmm. Byron Buxton. I think the jury is way still out on him in terms of being a like he he he's showing you flashes of being a Mount Rushmore first round pick, but he right. hasn't put together full season. Right, Jose Barrios. Mm-hmm. So we are counting. Uh, Compensatory picks, then. Yeah, okay. that's the other thing about that's baseball. Fine. Baseball has like this weird right. There's a there's a space between the first and second rounds called the compensatory round. The it's or the supplementary, whatever the and hell I don't, it is. I don't think that exists for this year's draft. I don't think that's a thing, and or it's not a thing for next year's draft. I thought I was reading, so I don't even know if that's it's a, all very confusing. Yeah. Okay, so Brio, Buxton and Brios both were taken in the 2012 draft, and both can count. That's fine. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Matt Garza, decent player. 2005. Okay. Let's keep going back. Aaron Hicks. I don't know if you can put Aaron Hicks. No, I think it has to no. be contributions to the Twins, Denard, to be clear. Denard Span, 2002. Yeah. Span's in the discussion. Yeah, he's in the he's discussion. In the discussion. I don't know if he's on a Rushmore, but he's in the discussion. Yeah, no, he's probably not. Kadir, 97. Yeah. He's in the discussion. Yeah. How about uh, Glenn Perkins? Yep. Even he would admit All-star. he was a bust yeah. as a starter, but he became one of the best relievers in franchise history. That's fair. Uh, boy, you got to go back. <laughs> I'm I'm going back. Tory Tory Hunter. Tory Hunter. Okay. In '93. Oh my God. A knoblock in '89. Jason Veritek, but he, yeah, he's never, a great player, but not for the Twins. Played for Didn't us. sign. In, in fact, really in fact, if I'm not mistaken, Jason Veritek played more games as a St. Paul Saint than a Twin. That's 
probably accurate. Yeah. He he had a brief back then. I don't, a think, he ever, I don't guys, think he ever played for the Twins. No, I don't think he did. No, he he didn't sign. But back then, there was a couple guys. Um, there was Veritech didn't sign, and so he signed for part of that year with the Saints. Um, who am I thinking of? J.D. Drew. Yeah, J.D. Drew. Was That's briefly right. a Saint. That's right. Back at that point. All right, so sorry about that. I derailed it. So Torrey Hunter, we've got Knobloch for sure. So now you get into the you get into the eighties and it's like and we'll get into some of the bus here, but like Jay Bell was a really good player for the Pirates, but yeah. he didn't he didn't do anything for the Twins. Part of the Tim uh, Belcher was a trade. really good pitcher for the Royals and other teams, but he didn't sign he didn't the Twins. Yeah. Um, what about uh, Dick Ruthven in nineteen seventy two? Didn't sign nothing. That's pretty much it. If you didn't sign, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking what through. It? I'm looking through the seventies right now. Ooh, now they now. They did take um, pitcher Eddie Bain with the 11th pick, and he was a big deal when he came up, but he did not achieve the success that so many thought he would. Man, the, the 70s and 80s are it's pretty bad, fairly barren. All right, well, here's, right. Our, here's our list of candidates. That it's, it's Joe Maurer. Yep. It's Chuck Knobloch, Torrey Hunter. It's going to be easy. Michael Kadire, Glenn Perkins, Denard Spann, Byron Buxton, Jose Barrios. Well, Joe Maurer for sure. Yeah, Buxton, I would say no. For yeah. sure. Tory Hunter for sure. Tory Hunter yes. for sure. I think Kadire for sure. The guy played like 10 years in a Twins uniform yeah. in an All-Star game. Yeah. Almost this by default. Like, I don't think it's anything he's that a Twins stands Hall of Famer out. too, right? Yeah, he's he a is. Twins Hall of Famer? He is. Keep Big going. fan favorite. You're, you're not sold on Cuddy? sold, huh? Keep going. Okay. I think I am, but I need to hear those names again. So, so I say no to Buxton for sure. Okay. I say yes to Maurer for sure. Yes to Tory for sure. Yes to Tory for sure. Yep. Okay. Denard Spann. Borderline. Cuddy uh, more than Denard's band. Um Cuddy over Denard's band, I should say. Glenn Perkins. I mean, he was the like the is best Perkins, closer in baseball for a couple of years. Is Perkins over over Kadire based on not longevity of time, but based peak on peak, greatness. Peak closer mm. years. I mean, I think the answer is probably no, but it might be worth a discuss. There are so few discussions to be had on this one. Now there will be fights about the four worst. Here's so what Mount I, Rushmore the worst will be a huge fight. Perk is my guy, but here's where I would have to put Perk behind a couple of these other ones. He was, and he would even admit this. He was drafted to be a starting pitcher. Yep. It didn't work out as a starting pitcher, and so as a fallback, he became a reliever and thrived and was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Cuddy has the longevity. Perk was probably better at his peak than Cuddy was at his peak. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a, let's let's put those guys in a separate bin here. We're, we're, Chuck Knobloch has to be a guess. I, th- I think he has to be too. Chuck Knobloch is one of the best a... players in baseball for a few years. Yeah, World Series, total total ass. World Series makes a difference. Huge ass. Yeah. So we got Joe Maurer. He became a jerk. That's he was okay as a kid. I think, or probably not. I doubt it. Okay, so hold on. I don't a second. think you just flip that switch when you're the yips. I I actually stood be, in the summer of '91. I stood behind Chuck at the Norwest Bank in Minnetonka. Me nice and guy. Chuck. Me and Chuck. Great guy. Seemed like a really a nice guy. Ca- all, cashing or? your checks yeah. or what? The funniest thing, though, is a kid now would say, hold on a second. What'd you do? <laughs> yeah, I stood behind him at the bank. Cash my paycheck. Was he also cashing his paycheck? He was getting money, which is hilarious. Because now, <laughs> can you see um, Can you see a Twins player now? I, mean, I got to go to the bank today. Before the big ball game. Actually, uh, yeah, I can see some baseball players having to go to the bank if they yeah. don't get this damn season started no. here. Yeah. Sounds like we're headed to 50 games. What bank's that, Phil? It's absurd. 
I'll take you to the bank. The blood bank, Senator. Okay, so now we need a fourth. We, Hunter, Maurer. Yep, those guys are all in. All right. Nobby is not in the Twins Hall of Fame, I don't think, mostly because he's just kind of a bad he guy. Wa- he, he was, and they had to cancel it. Yeah. That's right. The domestic incident. That's right. He oh. was going to be inducted that year, a few years back, and they had to, they had to scrap it for Nobby. So Barrios and Buxton still have to prove something. Yep. So we're down to Span, Perkins, and Michael Kadire for the fourth Mount Rushmore slot here. It's it's Kadire. It's Cuddy. It's probably Cuddy. Glenn Perkins, it. honorable mention there. I'll buy that. Okay, that's the Mount Rushmore. All right, now the other one. Mount Rushmore is easy. It's the fighting time. Here we Mount go. Rushmore Sports Talker of the Week with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. That is why I would put him on the Mount Rushmore. Those would be my four. All right, so this is, this is we're looking for the biggest bust first-round picks in Twins history. And I think the criteria has to be, because there's a million of like, In baseball, there's more bust than not. And so it's not just an indictment on the Twins. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's a, when, you're drafting, when you're drafting 20th overall, you're not likely to get an all-star player. It's got to be the where they got taken, draft. right? So I think we, we automatically have to rule out anyone outside the top 10 here, yes. unless there's just some other circumstance. So I'm going to throw some candidates out Can at I you. Can I start? Sure. David McCarty. Okay. Third overall pick in 91. <laughs> That's what we're looking for. As TK right said, Stanford, Bula, Bula, Bula. This kid was supposed to be a huge deal. He was going to replace Herbeck. He was going to be a fantastic player, and he was an absolute flop. David McCarty, to me, might be the poster child of this Mount the, Rushmore. Is he the George Washington? He might be. I mean, wow. he was a... He, the expectation for this kid was so high, and the flop was so enormous. Yeah, that's pretty bad. When you're when you're picking in the top three, you'd like to get someone who's at least going to like be in your lineup for a few years. Absolutely, right? that's what you're looking for. Yes, sir. And that's why I've got to put in the year 2000, the Twins picked number two overall, a right-handed pitcher named Adam Johnson. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah. No, that's a good one. That is one of the yep. all-time Twins busts right there. I'm buying what so Adam you're Johnson's got to be in here. <laughs> I forgot he went second. Oh my god! They also around Who went the first same, in 2000, Phil. Uh, Do you remember? I don't remember, but okay. I, I think I have it here. Here we go. The beauty of baseball reference, by the way. Yeah. One of the God bless these people. All right. The first <laughs> overall pick. So, well, it's, I'd like to know more of like, who are the guys after him? Adrian Gonzalez went first overall to the Marlins. So okay. Adrian Gonzalez turned out to be a good player. Yep. The twins could have had, Um. let's see here. Rocco Baldelli. They could yeah. have had Rocco Baldelli. Sixth overall to Tampa. They could have had Chase Utley. Who went 15th to the Phillies. And played till he was 76 years old. <laughs> Which is amazing of... since he was drafted in 2000 and he got to be 76 so quickly. They could have had Booth Bonzer went 21 overall hey, to the San Francisco Giants. Phil Dumatre, they could have had him earlier as well. <laughs> Dumatre, God. He's, he's more famous, I think, for just being a random twin trivia answer yes. from like those 2012 crappy teams. Mm-hmm. They also could have had Adam Wainwright in that draft. He was first round, late in the first round. That would have been pretty good. I'm not depressed. Yeah, it's fine. And that's pretty much it. That's like there's like five good All players right. in every first round. Okay. Yes, but I am with you. So McCarty, so McCarty Adam for Johnson. sure. Adam Johnson. Yep. Okay. What about Willie Banks, third overall, 1987? Willie Banks. Yeah, that's was, a, yeah. That's like number three overall, yep. and you basically do nothing. Yep. And expectations again for Willie Banks were enormous. Yep. I'm buying on that one. I'm going to start throwing out guys who went in the top 10 and flamed out for the Twins. Okay, not not counting anyone in the last five or six. Like Cole, actually, Cole Stewart. I think him and Tyler J deserve, deserve pub on this. And and Cole Stewart probably ahead of Tyler J because he was two picks higher. Yes. So if it's if we're picking a modern one, <laughs> yes. Cole Stewart, man, just an absolute disaster. 
Uh, like Levi Michael was a bust, but he was 30th overall. Yeah. It happens. I'm looking for top 10 here. And there was a run in the 90s. Ryan Mills, left-handed pitcher, never pitched in the major leagues, went sixth overall in 1998. BJ Garby. Oh, yeah. 1999, fifth overall. Mm-hmm. Like they were they were drafting regularly in the top five in the late nineties, early two thousands, and just whiffing on some of these guys. How the hell do you? That's back to back. That's brutal. What about Travis Lee, unsigned, nineteen ninety six? Travis oh, Lee, you know unsigned, what? You know what, two boys? Pick. Sometime, sometime when you got some some time, which of course during quarantine you had plenty of that. Sometime, Google the story of Travis Lee. It was a, how can I put this kindly? What's this? Can you sum it up for us? Yes. If I am correct, it was a contractual offer snafu that came too late and allowed him his freedom. What? And I believe the Arizona Dimebacks stepped in and signed him. They basically got the offer. They didn't have a clear understanding of when the offer had to be made by or the Lee camp somehow triggered it. I forget the exact story, but it was a, it was a, uh, to put it in its most basic form, a clerical Error. So what about Tim? So Tim Belcher was the number one pick by the they Twins in 1983. Sign, they didn't sign him though because that Calvin was too damn cheap. So I don't. But why think, would you draft a guy that you're not going to be able to sign number one overall? Great question. That seems like a, that, that seems like it should at least receive some consideration in the Mount Rushmore of busts. I yeah, but you got so many names here of guys who did sign <laughs> and were drafted in, as you said the top five <laughs> okay, and busted. I I prefer your I prefer your Cole Stewart attack. I think that is. Uh, Okay, I, that is just spot on. There's a few other ones here that I don't know because they they weren't high enough. But like first round picks that never played in the major leagues: Hudson Boyd, the chubby high school pitcher from Fort Myers in 2011, never pitched. How can you have leagues. him in your backyard? And Matt Bayshore, 2009. I think that might have been an arm injury. Do you guys remember Carlos Gutierrez, that, that Miami yeah. uh, University of Miami pitcher from mm-hmm. 2008? I remember the yeah, Carlos Gutierrez is, is uh, he was 27th overall, but he was supposed to be, at first he was supposed to be a starting pitcher and then a reliever, and then he just never made it to the big leagues. Shooter Hunt was a first-round pick in 2008. I don't think... Great name. Too, too, too late in the first round to be in consideration. And then uh, the only other one I would put on here is probably Matt Moses. Matt Moses at one point was Third like baseman, a top-five right? internal... Baseball America had him as a top-five twins prospect. Drafted 21st overall, but again, that's that's too late in the draft, so... So we've got David McCarty, third overall, Adam Johnson, second overall, B.J. Garvey, fifth, Willie Banks, third, Cole Stewart, fourth, Travis Lee, second, Tim Belcher, the, the two guys who didn't sign. Um, what would you do with those? Do we put those guys in a separate category? The oops, we couldn't sign you yes. because of a clerical error and yes. a misjudgment of how much money I think we wanted. go. I think the, the fourth guy on this, Mount Rushmore, I think, needs to be Who's the, the next guy? highest pick. We got McCarty and McCarty, Adam Johnson, Johnson for sure. Banks. Okay, Banks. Banks is third, and then Cole Stewart. Cole yeah. Stewart. Cole Stewart. I'm fine. With, I'm fine with that. that. That that absolutely represents ineptitude at its finest. Mount Rushmore is easy. It's the cliche Mount Rushmore Sports Talker of the Week with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. That is why I would put him on the Mount Rushmore. Those would be my four. The story of Travis Lee. Pull up a chair. <laughs> you right. found it? The Twins' only only selection in 1996 and the second overall pick of that draft did not sign with the team. Lee's agent, mean old Scott Boris, did oh, not wow. communicate with the Twins for the first two weeks after the draft. And then, <laughs> hold on, it gets better. Classic. It gets better. 
and then invoked a rarely used rule that a team was required to make a contract offer within 15 days of the draft or relinquish said rights to the player. Wait, so, okay, so Scott <laughs> Boris, but, but, but wait a second, though, but that's the Twins' fault, right? The, so it, yes. The Twins are waiting for Scott Boris to make a phone call. Yes. Or, or just start communication. They didn't know about this loophole. A contract offer wasn't made, and so Scott Boris got his client out of it. Yes. Amazing. Almost immediately. Wow. Wow. Yeah, Travis Lee actually wound up, he was like a, a decent hitter for a couple of years, I think, with... Uh, Diamondbacks. Yeah, the Diamondbacks. He played for the, the Rays at one point as on well. He was on the baseball league team, I think, with the Diamondbacks. <laughs> I liked him. I had no problem with Scott Boris. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So so the Twins draft him, that was 1996. Yes. Um, what wound up happening then? So he just wound up becoming a free agent or what? I don't understand. Did he, he didn't go back in the draft, did he? Uh, no, I believe that he signed then with the Diamondbacks, but I would have to look. Yeah, he that was okay. Part he up. was. Oh, this is amazing. He was granted free agency on June. So fifteen yeah. days after, he was granted free so, agency. So almost immediately, and then he, he becomes a free agent. And then he signed as a free agent with the Diamondbacks. How about this? He was the centerpiece, along with Vicente Padilla and Nelson Figuera. Oh, that hair. He Vicente was. The, he was the centerpiece in a trade on July twenty sixth, two thousand. To the Philadelphia Phillies for Kurt Schilling. Wow, yeah. Travis Lee, man. Vicente Padilla, I forgot about him. Oh. Yeah. Perpetually wet hair. Put Vicente Padilla. Just soaking wet <laughs> through the eighth inning. It blew my mind every time. Are you guys going to, are you planning oh. to watch the, the five round Major League Baseball draft? Because I think I'm in. I think I, I'll I'm probably in. watch the first round. Yeah, I'm with Declan. And I think the Twins are picking 27th. So it'll take a while. I'll, That's the problem with the baseball draft is you just like don't know who any of the play. It's not no. like the NFL and the NBA. I'll have good intentions at the start to watch it, and then my interest will wane quickly. Once a part of my Twinkie Town writing days back in college, I had to go through the whole second round and watch when Nick Birdie got selected. And I had to do a write up on him, and I was so jacked that Nick Birdie was going to be this flame throwing reliever for the Twins, and again, did not work out. Yeah, the Twins had a phase where they they decided, all right, enough of this pitch to contact BS, enough of this. You know, nibbling on the corners. The Royals are throwing 100 miles an hour. All these teams are throwing 100 miles an hour. We're going to go out, and we're going to we're going to be the team that that drafts a bunch of flame throwing relievers. And I yeah. think 2012 was that draft, and uh, it was it was not good for the Twins. Luke Bard was their first round pick that year, Woof. and they drafted which, a bunch of like Mason Melitakis was drafted, and just all pick, these guys flamed out. Did you think was going to that you saw play and got up here? Which of those picks? Which First round guy. Did you think after you saw him, Which this guy's going to be good most? and he tricked you and he turned out to be average um, or worse? I would say, well, Cole Stewart, I don't know how you you get a guy fourth overall, widely regarded as one of the best high school pitchers in the country. I don't understand how he is terrible. Like, I don't understand how he can't strike a guy out, doesn't have an out pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I do understand it. The Twins pitching development was terrible the last two or three years, maybe the last 10 years leading up to Derek Falvey and Thad Levine coming in. Like if if you look at the twins draft history between like Glenn Perkins wound up being a good pick in 2004. But if you, if you start to look at the pitchers that they drafted from about that point, all the way through when Derek Falvey and Thad Levine got here, not just in the first round, but all the way through really hope it, there's a gap between Johan Santana Rule Five selection in the early 2000s, right, all the way to Jose Barrios in like 2013, 
where they didn't even have any homegrown. You could count maybe Matt Garza as kind of homegrown. He he was a serviceable major league pitcher, and and Kyle Gibson was a rotational guy, like just a number four starter. But they didn't develop top end starting pitching for like ten or fifteen years internally. It's pretty amazing. Ugh. And it, you know, and you look at their rotation right now, and it's mostly guys they brought in from outside. And maybe that's the formula. I can tell you, you know, Judd and I had a discussion. Um, it was a couple of years ago. We went over to Target Field and sat down with Derek Falvey and did like a th- right before. I think it was right before the winter meetings. We sat down and did 30 minutes with Derek Falvey. And uh, and he and I can't remember if he talked about this on the show or if it was just in our conversation after. But he kind of alluded to even Theo Epstein. Theo Epstein is one of the great general managers of all time. And he's he's the one that helped end the Red Sox. <laughs> curse and the Cubs curse Mm -hmm. and even Theo Epstein has admitted behind the scenes like honestly it's really hard I don't know how to develop pitching and so I'm going to develop position players I'm going to trade and sign pitching right and win World Series that way the twins are kind of the opposite and that Derek Falvey takes pride in trying to develop pitchers so it will be interesting to see what this looks like they've gone they've gone position players in the last a uh, couple years of first rounds, like 2017, Royce Lewis, Brent Rooker, and then Alex Kirilov. It'll be interesting to see what they. I think the problem with pitching is is the unknown and the variable now of how many guys need Tommy John. That's the problem for sure. Be- because you can have a kid on the exact right track and have done a great job, and now he has Tommy John. So now he's out for at least a or year. Shoulder or something. Exactly right. Shoulders worse. And yeah, and so, right. I think pitchers to put it bluntly, are a complete pain in the ass because there's so many things that can go wrong outside of the control of, okay, if we just work on your mechanics. Yeah. Yeah. Prime prime example to me, because he looked like he had all the tools, was Alex Meyer. Yes, good You know, one. big kid, throws hard. You think to yourself, oh, man, this is going to be his release point screwed up. Injuries, yeah. shoulder problems. Yeah, when block you, me on Twitter. When you, <laughs> it, just, it just all fell apart. Yeah, for him. when you draft a first round outfielder, he might bust, but he's not going to bust because his shoulder falls apart or right. he can't repeat mm-hmm. his delivery because he's tall or whatever. You know, whatever we talked about with Alex Meyer. So, so there it is. That's that's the cliche Mount Rushmore of the week here. We've got write that down predictions and an accountability session to get to here in a second, gentlemen. Write it down. You like writing things down. A few things came off the board last week, and I'll have you know there are more sports firing up this uh, week. More leagues, baby. And believe me, guess more what? Things. My write that down reflects that. You're, Mine too. You're, oh, you're finally going to take a stab at some current events don't, that might come off the board. Don't huh? take a shot at me. <laughs> sports are coming back that I actually might watch. Sorry, vroom, vroom. I don't watch NASCAR. <laughs> Uh, it's the truck series, okay? Yeah, and, I'll, get and, right. I, and I was wrong. We'll get, we'll get right. to that. Write this down. But we'll get to write that down predictions here. We'll wrap with Royce. Let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota 694 Brooklyn Boulevard. Um, there's some great deals on pre-owned vehicles right now at their website. Just go to LutherBrookdaleToyota.com slash used-vehicles or just go and click on the pre-owned vehicle section. So right now you can get into, I'm just going to peruse through here, uh, a 2011 Camry four-door sedan with just 95,000 miles on it for 84.95 that's an amazing deal. Someone told me a few years ago um that something like 80% of Toyotas that were on the road 20 years ago are still on the road today because they're durable cars and because you get great service departments like the one that I've been going to for about 18 19 years or so Luther. How about this a 2014 Camry four-door sedan with just well, it's got 150,000 miles on it, but that thing probably still has 100,000 more 
to give. Ninety nine ninety five. Go check it out. LutherBrookdaleToyota.com, 694 Brooklyn Boulevard. Declan, let's talk about Dennis Kirk as well. Yeah, quick thank you to DennisKirk.com for supporting Score North and Mackie and Judd. You know, I am in the market for a new car, and it might be a motorcycle, too. I'm not sure. I don't know which That's one I want to do. I want to see you either. If you're not going to roll up in a 2020 RAV4, which would be my recommendation. That's what I'm looking at. Some sort of... Uh, some sort of like Harley situation. And, it, because, and if Judd's not going to get the motorcycle and I can't be in the sidecar, then I guess I'll just have to get the motorcycle. That's what I'll have to do. DennisKirk.com is a Minnesota-based worldwide retailer of parts, accessories, and apparel for avid bikers of all kinds. Whether you ride a Harley, cruiser, sports bike, dirt bike, or any type of motorcycle, they have what you need. Plus, Dennis Kirk has extended their offer of 0% interest for up to 12 months through June 30th. Over 160,000 products in stock and ready to ship today. DennisKirk.com not only offers a huge in-stock selection, but also guaranteed best prices, fast same-day shipping, and a satisfaction guarantee. They truly are the best in the business. Order by 8 p.m. and get it tomorrow. $89 order ship free. DennisKirk.com. Order today. Get it tomorrow. Write it down. You like writing things down. Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Welcome in to the greatest segment in sports talk radio history. (laughs) Or something like that. But I think we're the only ones to this day who actually hold each other accountable for our predictions, keep track of each other's batting averages, home runs. This is how Write That Down works. Three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable in some form. Ideally, they have an end date on them, so they come off the board at some point. We keep track of batting averages and home runs. That's your ideal, Mackie, not mine. What, the quantifiable thing or the end no, date No, the thing? end date. Should we go through Judd's current lack of end date You predictions? are speaking to the master oh, of no end dates. Let's go through Judd's lack of end date non-perishable predictions. Non-perishable predictions is what I do. <laughs> Some of these are from 2015 I have labeled in my prediction spreadsheet. Amen. A- Arizona State will join the Big Ten Hockey Conference. Yeah, it still could happen. It could. It's probably NCHC, but it's... it's it, it well, we don't know. It's most likely me. But, but does that even... Does this prediction come off? Let's say they join NCHC. Then it's off. Then it's off. Then I'm wrong. Then he's wrong. Okay. Yep. I mean, but you didn't... You didn't say that it would be the next. I'm just saying. Like, oh no, no, I take the L. Okay, we'll take the L. All right. If and when they join a different conference, I will take that L. Okay, uh, you've got Carolina Hurricanes relocating to Quebec, <laughs> <laughs> could, which, lit, which literally stays on the board. If, uh, yeah. It either stays on the board until the Hurricanes relocate somewhere else, or in or this prediction could be on the board long after we're all gone. Yeah, if Carolina maintains its yes. franchise, yes. I don't want to comment on my future. There's the infamous Larry Brown will coach again. That's yeah, going to have, that's and, a great one. and I keep telling you guys, that's got an end date. Because Larry Brown's old. Because people die. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, this is this one does have an end date, but it is from like four years ago. The kickoff will be out of college football by 2021. I think we might be tracking that way. Yeah. In some ways, somebody we'll see. might look pretty smart. And uh, you've got, let's see here. You've got O.J. Simpson violating his parole and being reincarcerated with no end date on. How long was his parole? I, I don't know how long parole goes. This, this prediction from was from about two or three years ago. Yeah, I really thought his he parole would. has to be longer than two or three years, right? Didn't yeah. he come close to uh, violating at one point? Didn't we see a story? I thought we I thought we were on the precipice of perhaps him doing. Speaking it. off the mic, was there any prediction from Judd about Reggie Bush being reinstated? 
No. There was not. I'm shocked. Never thought about Reggie Bush. There was not. Uh, but good for Reggie Bush. Yeah, good for him. Now, maybe now that Reggie Bush is back with USC, can we, get the, can we get the banners back for the final, the go for basketball final four? Does Reggie Bush even care? I don't know. My guess is he probably wants to go and hang out on the sidelines at a USC game. So um, if you'd like to, we are booked, I think, through like the middle of August right now for guest listener predictors. But you can hit me up on Twitter. Just DM me at uh, just Phil Mackey. Just my DMs are open. Even if I don't follow you, you can DM me and get on that list if you want to yeah. be a guest predictor. Sam is our guest predictor today. Sam, what's going on, man? How you doing? Not much, man. I'm doing pretty good. How are y'all doing? We're ready to rock here today. We're ready to rock and roll. Are you, what's your strategy? Are you, we're going to get into the accountability session here, but in general, the listeners have been pretty garbage from a batting average standpoint. I think everyone. Wow, no, Sam. It's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> listeners get on. Yeah, you guys have been horse bleep, they, Sam. They want to swing for the fences and that's cool, but are you going to swing for the fences or are you going to, you going to try and square some up and just get on the board? I think we're going to mix it up a little bit. We're going to mix it up a little bit. I have one that might be a little bit of a home run, but otherwise I'm feeling pretty good. Okay. So we'll we'll get to the predictions here shortly. But first, an accountability session. Uh, as has been the case for like the last six or seven weeks, Judge Zolgad had nothing come off the board. He maintains his three ninety five batting average. Jonathan Harrison and Manny Hill, who are still uh, as, as part of our prediction collection here, nothing off the board. Rami Makhlouf, I missed this one a couple weeks ago. He predicted that Aaron Rodgers will do an interview before the season starts to downplay any hard feelings between him and the Packers. And he did an interview via Zoom or something in which he basically said, yeah, I'm, all, I'm down to mentor Jordan Love. And, you know, oh, he did uh, a kind of, press conference. Yeah. He definitely he definitely downplayed it with that press conference. And so that's a point for Rami. Nice. All right. Three things came off the board for yours truly. I told you guys that in the next Gander Mountain Truck Series race, Johnny Sodder would take home the trophy or whatever. Okay. Is it a trophy? I, sure. I don't know. Oh. Looks like Johnny Sodder actually like a- finished dead last in that race. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Sodder sounds like a Twins first round pick from 2006. It does. It does. He's, a, he's like a scrappy second baseman, right? Who bet, probably <laughs> he's a left handed flamethrower, man. Okay. I, I envision him as a, find a scrappy zone. second baseman who batted second in Ron Gardenhire's order because now he batting put the bat on the ball. The second baseman, Johnny Sutter. But I told you that Maccabi Tel Aviv would oh, defeat yeah. Maccabi Haifa in an Israeli soccer rivalry match. 2-0, baby. 2-0. That happened. I also said that last Friday morning on ESPN in Korean baseball organization action, the bat flip sports capital of the world, the NC Dinos would defeat the Hanwha Eagles, thirteen to two, baby. Wow! It Did you have inside information? Thirteen Just to two, padding it. So two out of three. I for feel me this like week. you had inside information I about agree. the about the who. Oh yeah, you know me. I'm staying up at all hours watching. I Korean still have baseball. not watched. I, I've watched probably <laughs> eight pitches total. I thought I'd watch it sometimes, but I just can't. I'm more into the bat flip compilations on YouTube, but. Uh, listeners had nothing come off the board. Declan, you said that Kaprizov would sign no later than June 4th. Oh. Yep, I thought it's... I said July 4th. That's okay. Did I put June 4th? I mean, June 4th was, was in the notes. Was I'm that, cutting uh, and pasting from your You got it. Notes. Uh, well, we can go, you can go If you want to go back and review it and listen to the prediction. Sure. I'll let you know. If it was July 4th, that's okay. I feel like it was July 4th. That's okay. No, no, this is going to matter at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Your batting average is now was down that... to 167 because of this. Great. Uh, I think I made that prediction on like the first show in May. So I, I want to say it was July 4th, but I'll go, go I'll back, go back and listen. Audio. You got it. Here are the current 
batting average and home run standings. Rami Makhlouf at 421 Ooh, with a big lead here. Judd Zolgat at 395. Each of you has one home run. I'm up to 283 with two home runs. John Harrison holding steady at 250 with two home runs. Declan at 167, no home runs. Listeners at 130 with one home run. And Manny Hill at 120 with no home runs. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Sam, you're batting leadoff. All right. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. The Minnesota Twins tonight will have things actually work their way, and they will select Ed Howard out of Chicago. Ed Howard. Can you tell us who Ed Howard is? Yeah, what what position does Ed Howard play? Uh, youth shortstop out of uh, Chicago area. Oh, athlete. He's like you know, like true shortstop prospects, they're saying. It sounds like that sounds like one of the guys that they're targeting. <laughs> is that Dick Bramer in the background? Yeah, yeah. Your kid like the pick. Is 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 Ed Howard a, a five tool player or three tool player? How many tools? Probably four. I would guess about four. Okay. Um, but they say seems like he's gonna stick at shortstop, and that seems to be the like the dream pick for the twins. And you know what? We're gonna go a little bit wild with that one. All right. So Sam is on the board. His first prediction. Over to Judd. So Ed Howard at short, Royce Lewis. Well, Ed Howard wouldn't play shortstop in the major leagues for. And I don't think Royce Lewis is going to play for shortstop years. for the Twins either. He might not. Looked pretty good in center field, didn't he? In the he AFL, mm-hmm. he did. All right, um, I, I'm going to contradict a write that down I made on January 29th. So I'm going to take an L here, but I did not know all the specifics. My fault at the time. So I am now going to tell you that you can write this down. Dalvin Cook will be at the first day of training camp for the Vikings. In January, I predicted a holdout. I did not realize the new CBA was going to basically make holding out a completely unrealistic proposition and a stupid one. So Dalvin Cook will be at the first day of training camp for the Minnesota Vikings this season. Okay. Yeah, you do have that one. So you're hedging hedging a little bit. I got to. Write that down. Over to Declan Goff. Players. All right. This is uh, all Charles Schwab challenge. Write that down today. Wow. I'm going with a couple myself. I like it. What is the Charles Schwab challenge? This weekend. What is it? Golf tournament. Oh, that's the golf tournament. Yeah. Okay. Starts on Thursday. Uh, Starting with my guy, Ricky Fowler. Ricky will finish inside the top 10 by the end of the Charles Schwab challenge. So he will be inside the top 10. Oh, so you're saying that is the Charles Schwab challenge just a series of tournaments? Is 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 that different than the FedEx I, so there's a I know there's a three ball tournament that starts I believe that's that's on Thursday and then I believe there there's an also in a regular golf tournament, tournament yeah that's oh, okay. that day too so Ricky Fowler is is going to be top ten in yes. whatever they're doing this weekend yes okay write this down Channel write four? it down you like writing things down Phil I'll, I'll talk into that it's on CBS the Jim Na- Jim Nance is CBS. going to start the telecast putting our world. Into context today, which I can't wait for. Yeah, so he's uh, going to write this long thing and and tell us how we should feel. Yeah, Jim Nance hasn't been on a microphone in months. Like he's probably got so, an hour and a half essay to prepare us with, with the Masters music in the background. So, sure. real quick before I give my first prediction, you sent me an article yesterday. Apparently, we're going to have a confessional cam. I think we should talk on about like the twelfth hole tomorrow. or something. Uh, yeah, they they don't know exactly where they're going to place it. It sounds like it might be the tenth hole, but they're going to allow golfers to duck into what they're calling a confessional cam. So it's like it's like MTV's Real World, where you yes, can just get into like, like ripping all your roommates and stuff. Yep, that's what it sounds like. Like <laughs> exactly right. It's pretty good. Write this down. All right, write this down. 
tonight, the Minnesota Twins, with their first pick, will draft a college position player. They will draft a college position player. Okay. I'm just going to leave it sort of broad, all right? Fishing, fishing for a hit here. Mm. College position player. Write this down. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that, Dan. All right, back to listener Sam, guest predictor. Write this down. The Wisconsin Badgers will keep the axe this year. Ooh, that's awfully negative. Oh, I think I think we got ourselves I like it. I like a it, fan Sam. of Bucky, don't we, Sam? Oh, you definitely do, Judd. I knew wow. it. Wow. Uh, it's not negative for Sam. So, do you really think you're suited to be the fourth guy in our group, Buzz Killington? How did, how did we let this happen? Pretty nice coaching job how by Paul Christ last, yeah, last year at TCF Bank Stadium, huh, Sam? <laughs> That was a great win. It was great. I I was a little heartbroken. It was like the first year my son could really watch football when Minnesota won back the act. So it was kind of disappointing. Listen. <laughs> put, oh, Minnesota I feel terrible for your back. son. Yeah, put your son on the phone so we can talk some sense into him, okay? This is this Bucky stuff is... Hey, Cam, this down. <laughs> All right, write this down. Judd Zilgad. Um Jordan Spieth will be in the lead or tied for the lead after the first round of the Charles Schwab mm. challenge. I love how desperate you guys are. Jordan, <laughs> Jordan Spieth, who, who by my research this morning that I, I did, that took all the 10 seconds, <laughs> it tears this course up, will be in the lead or tied. But the important thing, guys, after the first round, okay? So this is not a prediction for the weekend. This is a Thursday well, prediction. He is typical for blowing leads in rounds three and four. So yep. good, good. Good bet there. Do you oh, remember when he was supposed to be like the next Tiger Woods? Yes. And he won a bunch of majors, and now he's just been, now he's he's been Todd Walker for two years. Can't putt. Speaking <laughs> of Twins graphics, he's Todd Walker. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, back to Declan. All right. Keeping with the Charles Schwab challenge, my second guy, <laughs> Ian Poulter, who I love. Oh, my God. Will be under par after the first two rounds of the Charles Schwab challenge. <laughs> will be under par. Is this a hard course? How many? Is this a hard course? I feel like. I Colonial? Don't, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm guessing it's probably pretty easy. I'm look. I need hits. I okay. need singles. That's what I, I wanted you to admit. None of these are home runs. None Does of these you, are. Home but runs. you know what? Does this that... gives you incentive to watch this tournament. Yes, that's what I'm. I am. I'm looking for a reason to actually care about something. I just feel like predicting that one of the top golfers in the world will be under par at one... a non-major after ah. two rounds. I think he's like ranked outside the top fifty among golfers. He's he almost still... lost his tour card two years ago. Oh, did he? Yes, he almost did. He's... Know your know your Polter facts. Sorry, you bring him sorry. He's got he's got great outfits. I know he that. Does. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, write this down. I'm going to try my hand at some Bundesliga action again here. All right, this weekend in Bundesliga action, Dortmund takes on Dusseldorf in a great alliteration matchup rivalry. Dortmund is trying desperately to catch Bayern at the top of the Bundesliga table, and I believe they will come away victorious against Dusseldorf. So Dortmund over Dusseldorf this weekend in Bundesliga action. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. I I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that, Dan. All right. Back to Sam. Your final prediction here. All right. Final prediction. This is going to be my bun single. Major League Baseball will play the season. Wow. Yep. I think you're a thousand percent right. And they're probably going to play 48 games at the rate we're going. 48 games. Yeah. I hope we get more than that. But hey, Me too. I'll take what I can get. Well, Sam, would you uh, would you like to thank anyone in your life that got you to this point here? Barry um, Alvarez, Donna Shalali, and Paul Christ. And Bo Ryan. Brooks Bollinger. Ron Dane. Well, first of all, 
Uh, I want to thank you guys. You guys have been such a great listen now for the last two years or so now that I've gone back into listening to Minnesota's talk radio, and it's just been it's been absolutely fantastic to have you guys all the way over here on the East Coast and listen. Um, heart goes out to you guys. You guys have stayed strong throughout this time, losing a lot of the team, and it's still been great. It's, um, it was definitely very uh, heart very heart wrenching on uh, about a month ago now. But uh, yeah, definitely thank you to you guys. You guys make working long nights and more and some long shifts a lot more enjoyable and sometimes make me seem like a lunatic laughing while my headphones in. Well, Sam, we appreciate you coming on and we appreciate the kind words. It doesn't make up for the fact that you're a Badgers fan, though. You know Just what, so Sam? You know. I, for- I forgive you completely. <laughs> yep, no problem. And I have one last thing for you guys. One second. Oh, wow. Wow. Nice. <laughs> Whoa. Robbie would be proud. Oh, man. He's the one that you guys used last year during the Twins show. Oh, that's right. Oh, nice. Cool. Nice. Well, thanks for coming on. Camden, is that your son's name? Yep. Camden, like the ballpark here in Maryland. We'll tell Camden to keep working on rolling that. That was good. Yeah. That R. That was awesome. And uh, we'll talk to you again sometime, Sam. Thanks for coming on. All right. Thanks for having me. Uh, that's a guest predictor listener, Sam. Write it down. You like writing things wow. down. Squaring up to bunt. I have a feeling, though, baseball might find a way for that potential bunt by Sam to be a foul ball. Like, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> convinced that baseball is going to play. Just I, based think on they what's can, I think they can mandate them back to work, but it would be 48 games, I think. And it also, I think they'd strip away all the extra playoff teams. Yeah. Boy, well, we'll see what happens. Nice work, baseball. MLS just announced their full plan for pool play and a tournament. Disney and like, World again. Yep. Orlando. Now, are they going to yep. try and play after that tournament? I don't know. I don't know how that works. Yeah, me neither. Because I, I think all teams are now guaranteed a World Cup style three game play in type deal and, and then they'll go from there. But I'm curious now after that's done, are they going to try and then regroup and continue to play into like December or yeah, something? I, that's a good question. I don't know. But this is the type of thing like I love that MLS goes down and says, all right, how can we get creative and do something that we wouldn't, wouldn't let's experiment with something we wouldn't ordinarily experiment with NBA same way. All right. Well, what if we did like yeah. 22 teams this and baseball instead of like baseball instead of figuring this out early and then saying, OK, now let's figure out how to creatively come back and try some stuff. It's now it's just going to be a mad rush for a ridiculous shortened season. Yeah, it's, 48 it's games so stupid. Stupid. All right. All right. Back to Judd. Write it down. You like writing things down. I am going to a sport that calls its games matches or as I like to call them fixtures. Manchester City will beat Arsenal next Wednesday in its return to EPL action. The EPL is coming back next Wednesday I like it. with a couple of fixtures. And the fixture that I'm choosing to fixate on, Manchester City beating Arsenal. Manchester City, not Man U. Manchester City. Okay. Second place. I'm sorry. Second on, in the table. Wow, look at you. Is Liverpool still number one on the table? Yeah, yes. Yes. Write that down. Did some research See? this morning. See, I know what I'm talking about. Write this down. All right, Declan, your final Mr. prediction. Mr. Bundesliga. My final uh, Charles Schwab challenge prediction. Roy McElroy. Will be outside of the top ten by the end of the of the Charles Schwab challenge. Ooh boy! I don't like Rory. I, I he, he'll also choke. He's got a little bit of Jordan Spieth in him. I believe he's got uh, some success at this. Oh course, yeah, yeah. And I'm I think he's. Mistaken. I think he might be. He's top five. I think he's top okay. five. I think Kepka's right. still number one. But 
Yeah. Listen to our golf analysis right oh, now. Oh, yeah. It's great. <laughs> Fowler, Poulter, McElroy. Big golf guy. Kepka is just. Kepka will destroy. Built. It. He's built. Kepka or DJ will probably destroy it. Kepka's in great shape. Yeah. Kepka, he can, he, can un- he can unleash off the tee. Love Kepka. Yep. Great putter. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Final prediction here. Later this week, live on ESPN, pro boxing at MGM Grand, gentlemen. That's right. Vegas is back. Boxing, boxing is back. Last night. Uh, yeah, we have boxing last night. We have another bout. I think it's tomorrow night. I want to say this is tomorrow night. In the bubble. boxing on ESPN. Uh huh. And you've got just a, a knockdown, drag them out brawl about to take place among featherweights. Oh, I love me a featherweight. Jesse Magdaleno Sweet against Yeni Vicente in a featherweight fight for the ages on ESPN and ESPN <laughs> Deportes. Did they send you the promo? Uh, nope, but they they can they can record and capture this audio right here, okay. and they can play it all across the country. Okay. And my prediction is that Magdaleno will beat Vicente. Magdaleno will come away victorious, and he will beat Vicente in a featherweight fight. For a, a featherweight fight, I think, is like 130 pounds. Yeah, it's me. 140 pounds. It's yeah. Declan Weight. Yeah. Couple toothpicks. More outstanding makers at analysis each other. of a sport the Mackie and Judge Show knows nothing about. Write it down. You like writing. Wait, things wait. Down? What type of a decision here? Do we get a decision? Do we get a TKO? Do we get a KO? I don't. I just. I'm looking for hits. I'm a hundred points behind you in batting average. I just want a victory in some form. Right. I don't care if Vicente bites the ear off of Magdaleno. Magdaleno well, is going nice. to win the fight. That's what's going to happen. Is it going to be Rocky down. and Drago? <laughs> I've I've heard that Magdaleno is training in Russia for this fight. Yeah, running through the hills of Wyoming, the mountains. All right, we're wrapping with Racy here. Pat, who do you got in the uh, Magdaleno versus Vicente featherweight fight on ESPN tomorrow night at MGM Grand? God, we just... I, you know, I have never paid any attention to the featherweights. You had to be a lightweight uh, uh, for me to uh, bantamweight. Nah, not really. Featherweight, of course not. Uh, I, I, back in the days, even when we only had eight or eight weight classes, and then it became ten and one champion. And once you got below the lightweights, I wasn't interested. So basically, like, you're looking for guys who can actually inflict some damage with their haymakers. I want guys who hurt each other, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You want want blood from big guys. Well, I want guys when they hit the mat to make a sound. (laughs) You know, I don't want some 115-pounder who goes down like a Natty Common Each. I don't want that. I want to... I want a guy to make a. Uh, I want a guy to make a sound when he hits those mats. So, De- Declan uh, bores yeah, you, you if he's boxing. You don't want to see me fight, is what you're saying, huh, Pat? Yeah, yeah. I want to see him. Uh, well, hey, some of those little guys, uh, they they threw haymakers, but it didn't make any difference. You know, it was. Uh, plus, let's face it, we weren't as global when I was watching boxing in the fifties and sixties, and I really had a trouble with some of those uh, world champion names from uh, Indonesia and places like that. Uh, we were not real uh, familiar with those in uh, Fulda. We couldn't spell them. So it was easier for you them, to say Joe Frazier, Willie Pep. Willie I could say Willie Pep. That yeah. was a great name. P E P. Anybody can spell it. He was a, he was a lighter weight guy too, uh, but uh, he had a great name. Pep. That was it. He, he probably was, Pepperuski or something, and they just shortened it to Pep. But uh, hey, but fellas, 1950s, it was the first big sport on television. Yeah, boxing was the first big sport on television, and they say one thing that really hurt it was they overexposed it because 
Uh, I think they started with the Friday night fights, Gillette Friday night fights. And then they started having, then there was competing networks. They had them on Wednesday and, you know, they started having uh, uh, all kinds of uh, fights on. And uh, that, that people, you know, instead of getting all, like it's like Monday night football, you know, yep. when, hey, Monday night football, great. Now, oh, yeah, okay, Monday night football. There's one of seven nights that we have games. But, uh, you know, boxing was uh, black and white, but you only needed two cameras and you could, cover the whole ring and there was uh some hulking fat uh, some hulking white guy who tried whose de- idea of defense was to put his face in front of sugar ray robinson's punches that was fantastic every 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 time carmen basilio had a fight yep. the uh he would have a fight on like saturday night okay the monday newspaper would have a picture of carmen's wife kissing him on the cheek underneath these big puffy bruised eyes and bloody lips and stuff. They would have to, they love the, the picture in the locker room of, uh, of the, of the fighter who just got the crap beat out of him being kissed by his, uh, blonde, uh, wife. So anyway, <laughs> that's my, uh, that's my boxing background. Pat, have you seen have you seen the pictures and the stories of Mike Tyson in recent weeks fishing around for a potential comeback? I saw that. Uh, that's all we need. Senior boxing. It's not. It's not exactly a good idea, right? So, how about this story? This is from uh, SportBible.com. My, apparently, Mike Tyson turned down eighteen million dollars to face mixed martial arts legend. Wanderlei Silva in a bare knuckle fight. <laughs> wow! Would you wow. guys watch? Would you guys watch a bare knuckle fight between fifty plus year old Mike Tyson? That's and Apollo Creed Wanderlei right Silva? there, dude. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, what uh, this society that we you know this is the spinoff of this uh, UFC right here. Okay, if we can do UFC, we can just forget the gloves completely and just beat the crap out of each other with bare hands. I, I don't think it's a good idea. Well, he want, he wants to re, he turned it down because he wants to return to, to traditional boxing and because he doesn't want to get knocked out with a bare knuckle. Um, and it sounds like there have been. So it looks like Bob Arum is the one that is uh, shocking. He, God Almighty! Actually, Jeez. I take the back. Tyson, so Tyson Fury's U.S. promoter Bob Arum has shunned the idea of his client engaging in an exhibition <laughs> fight with Tyson. So Tyson wants. Tyson wants Tyson Fury in an exhibition, I guess, is the latest. Oh, okay. Well, Aram is, uh, I don't know, Aram's got to be 85, doesn't he? He's, I mean, Didn't he's, he come close to buying the Wolves, Pat, when when they were going to move to New Orleans? Was that Bob Aram? Uh, was he mentioned? I don't know. I, I thought I he was know. involved. I thought there was some shady shenanigans going on. <laughs> Could have been. But, uh, you know, even the NBA wasn't willing to get in bed with Bob Arum, I wouldn't think. The boxy guy, I I don't know. But, uh, you know, fellas, it really is one of the tragedies of American sports that we had to come up with five or six different organizations and 14 different weight classes. Yeah. We used to be able to name the world champion, at least yep. lightweight up. You knew who it was. And when there's a title fight, when there was a world heavyweight boxing match america stood still to find out uh and then and that ended probably in uh 
late sixties, maybe. When, we, uh, we used to go to know. closed circuit in my childhood oh, yeah. at Met Center. They'd have it on closed circuit television. Oh yeah, the Thrill in Manila. I saw that in the St. Paul Civic Center. What a that was one of that might be that might be the last greatest fight, at least last greatest heavyweight fight. There was some great uh, you know brawls in the, with Sugar Ray and Hearns and those guys, but. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, they're just names now because every fight you have want to put on TV is supposed to be a world title fight. And, you know, I, I like this, uh, Jamal James, obviously. And I like the Cuban kid that they just signed David Morrell, but they've, you know, they were going to have a card and they said two world championship fights. And then you start looking at the organization and we got one organization, I don't know what it's WBF or who it is, that has three different champions in each weight class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they have the champion, and then they have the super champion, and then they have the other champion. So these were like, so I started reading up on these things, and these were like the C squad champions that uh, we were going to have here. So, so uh, in your mind, if, if, if someone said, all right, we're going to, Pat, we are creating a, a UFC type organization. And it's going to be the boxing organization, and we want you to help us figure out how many weight classes. So one, I'm assuming you'd want one champion at each weight class. How many weight classes should there be in boxing? Uh, what do we have to now? 13, 14 junior welterweights and super middleweights, and uh, I, I, you know what? You'd have to have a six pound difference, okay? <laughs> you'd have to. You know, and I think maybe one of the good ideas was to, uh, you know, to come up with the the weight class between what we used to call light heavyweight and heavyweight, because you know back when the heavyweight was anything above 175, you had 190 pound champions, and you don't want a 190 pound guy getting in there with one of these hulks that they have now that weighs 260. So I, I wouldn't. You know, the 190-pound weight class, which, what do we call that, cruiserweight now? That I'd, I'd probably have that, and then I'd have to look and see some of the weight differentials of the, of the other weight class. But I don't think I'd have over 10 or 11. And then little guys who are separated by three pounds, yeah, throw them all in a sack. Let's go. <laughs> Just get rid, of the, get, get rid of the division Bantam altogether? Weight. And put like Bantam six weight. put six of them in Bantam the same weight. match together, and they can just sort yeah, it out. right. The cage match. Featherweight, flyweight, uh, one, you know, uh, throw all three of them in there. If a 120 pound guy should be able to beat up a 112 pound guy, right? Uh, one would hope. So, I don't know. They they got too many weight classes down in the little guys' uh, weight classes. There's no doubt about it. Hey, Patrick. I'd have 10. I'd have 10. That'd be maximum. Okay. One champion, 10 weight classes. And we, you know what? When boxing was great, the ma- mafia run it. Ran it. Let's get the mafia back. Around. Which is why the NBA was very concerned about the Timberwolves being bought by people from boxing. Yeah, that's exactly why. More Tim yeah, Donahue's. Well, they, they kind of lost power. They were losing, losing their complete hold on it in the mid '60s. So, hey, what's our guy Don King? Is Don like he must be uh, having uh, some issues huh, as far as his uh, mental alertness or something? I mean, he's like 90 years old now. Yeah, I never. We never hear from him anymore, which is too bad. Because uh, the last great press conferences I went to in boxing were always Don's. They were they were fantastic. He was. Uh, I was in. I happened to be in New York, and I don't know why, but he. I went to his fight when he was going to announce Ali against 
uh, I can't remember what the, it ended up being in Vegas in Caesar's Palace. I can't remember which one it was, but I went over to the Plaza Hotel and Don, Don gave us this big speech about how we wanted to go see the great pyramids of Egypt and they were going to have the fight under the great pyramids of Egypt. And he went on and on. And then the, the guy from, uh, who was the boxing writer from AP for years, Eddie Schuyler. He says, but then Eddie Schuyler says, the hell with the pyramids. Let's go to Caesar's Palace. <laughs> <laughs> but he gave us this five-minute speech on how the sun would be rising above the pyramids and, and the, you know, the, and the ancient people who built these and, now and blah, blah, blah. But we're going to go to Caesar's Palace instead. So it was fantastic. What uh, what are you uh, any baseball news today, fellas? But yeah, the play what the players have now come back with with their proposal. Games? Yeah, it, it's going nowhere. It, they're going to play forty eight because that's what baseball is going to make make them play. There's not going to be expanded playoffs. They're going to screw this up as badly as they can. Yeah, well, they have. You know, it's funny. I'm I'm writing a piece tomorrow on all the Minnesota teams that are going to South Dakota, and North Dakota, and Iowa, and Wisconsin to play games as town teams. Mm-hmm. And there's some, you know, region teams and stuff. And these guys are begging to play baseball, right? They, they're begging to play baseball games. Meanwhile, we got these two outfits trying to do everything they can to make sure they don't play baseball games. Yeah. So, uh, you know, to, uh, if Rod Manford. Ran a town team in Minnesota. I guarantee you, they would have folded her up on March first. Said, "Ah, we're not playing this." Yeah. Well, you had this is this is the most infuriating part. You had, I think it was the St. Louis Cardinals owner came out yesterday. I don't have the story in front. I'm paraphrasing, and he said, "To be honest, the sport just isn't very profitable right now. Like, just and 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 this is my this is what bothers me." It, it, no sports are profitable in 2020 because you're not going to be able to get yeah. ticket revenue no. at the gates. But so we all agree sports aren't really profitable in 2020. But I think baseball has the most to lose in terms of future profitability if they and don't play the a way, season this year. And by the way, Phil, this quote coming from a guy who has a team in the number one baseball town in America that draws 3 million people if they're anywhere close to being a contender. That's good PR, buddy. Yeah. To, what be, to be whining if you're the owner of the Cardinals is unbelievable. Everybody in America would love to own the Cardinals, for goodness sakes. You know, yeah. Just put a product on the field and watch them, watch them coming into the ballpark. Yeah. So, well, we'll see. Uh, I, 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 they're going to play us. They're they're either going to play a forced forty eight fifty game season or they're going to figure something out. But it's got to happen by the end of the week if they want to get this thing going in July. So yeah. we'll see. All right, all right. We'll All talk right, to you Friday. Talk to you Friday. See you, bye. All right, that's it. wrapping with Royce. You can also find his podcast every single week. Judd and Pat sit down for Royce Unchained. Just search Royce Unchained on Apple, Spotify, or Scornorth dot com. And also Royce on Baseball is part of the Scornorth Twin Show feed, gentlemen. Watching boxing back in the days that he was talking about when boxing was great would have been fun. Yeah. I would, like I, would I can't, love to see that. I can't do it machine, now. Yeah. I can't do it now. I just don't care. And, and the fact that the heavyweight division just has nobody really. But if you go back to, you know, Ali and Frazier and those fights in those years, that would have been really, really fun. Have you guys ever gone back and looked at like really early boxing? 
Early yeah, like eighteen hundreds. Oh, yeah. Come on, I see. They, you know, they got in the ring and put, they put their dokes up. Put their dokes on. Put their dokes up. Put down. Like these dudes would literally. No, it, it wasn't like you know you know timed rounds and stuff. It was toe to toe. They would just stand there toe to toe, and a round would be when someone got knocked down, and then they you know yeah, it was tough, man. It was trousers, left foot, right foot. Draw a line. Men were men. Back when men were men. Men I've, were men. I've got the Rocky Marciano hooded yeah, sweatshirt. Yeah, today. that's Good back when men were men. Good timing. So all right, you can always find. Our Purple Daily podcast, Daily Vikings content, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, and youtube.com slash scorenorth, where we have all kinds of Dalvin Cook reaction from the week. And we will talk Vikings, too, on Mackie and Judd, um, but we, you know, we've welcomed in various guests. And so if you're not subscribed to that, those are the two places you can find us, Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily, Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. We'll see you guys tomorrow.